Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show. I'm your host, uh, Michael Mamas. We're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Uh, today's subject is kind of an interesting one. I think it, it because it applies on so many levels, as does everything. But this one does, I think, in in interesting ways, and I think. On the most fundamental, obvious level, it's, I think, something we can all relate to, which the title, you know, stop telling me what you think that I think, feel, said, and did. I mean, I think that's a common experience, isn't it, Adrian, Scott, that, that you're, uh, you know, somebody will turn around and kind of insist that you said something and that's not what you said, or if it's what you said, it's not what you meant. Yeah, I think it's rampant right now. Oh, and, it, just, and it drives you crazy. And they insist that they know better than you what you believe, what you think, what you were saying, you know? Uh, well, and it's also being driven home by every show that's on every news channel everywhere is a, an, an op-ed on the, what the other person's thinking too, you know? So it's being reinforced. I don't know. And it, yeah, that's a good point. And it's spun in a way that is not, yeah, it's just not really what they said. Here's, here's one. And I don't, I really don't want to get into politics. In fact, that that's even the theme of this whole series in a way is don't get caught up in the surface. Don't get caught up in the weeds look deeper. There's a deeper principle here. And it's that deeper principle that's going to get us out of the mess of all the conflict. You know, like they say, yin creates yang, up creates down, left creates right, good creates bad. And and so if you feel like if you're on that surface level of duality, there's no escaping it. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know, this goes way back, but there was a movie when I was a little kid, Br'er Rabbit and, and the Tar Babies. Did you guys, did you guys ever see that? I don't even know if that was the title. But yeah. Br'er, yeah. You, oh, you did, it's a Disney animation thing. That, that got canceled though. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Disney had to pull it because uh, it was- Oh, Uncle Remus was yeah. uh, a stereotype, huh? Right. That's too bad. Yep. I remember as a kid, I just loved Uncle Remus. I thought he was just a wonderful human being. You know, I mean, I get that he was part of a particular cultural thing. But anyway, back to the tar baby, the idea is that the more you punch the tar baby, the more you get stuck in the tar. Maybe it's a, it's a baby that was in a prior patch was made out of tar. You know, and so if you, <laughs> if you try to push it away, you just get more stuck into it. And that's what we're doing in the world. And that's what we do to each other. You know, we um, insist that we know where a person is coming from. Oh, and get back to politics, just a hair. And I don't really mean to get into it. And I don't mean to defend one side or the other. I mean, in some extreme cases, I can't help it. Like, I think the other podcast we talked about, you know, transsexual males competing with high school girls in, high, in girls sports and things taking showers with them because they identify with being female. And I just, I'm sorry, I just can't. But, but, um, but I try to sidestep as much as I can all those things. Why? Because it's up to you to decide. And it's up to you to whichever side you take, whichever side you take, 
It's up to you to look deeper and evaluate from a deeper place and find that place of wisdom within and function from that place. And no matter how profound we are, we can always go deeper. So it's an eternal quest. It's not a bottom line, you see. But at any rate, to get back to one of the ones that's a pet peeve for me, because I happen to see this on the news. It's Charlottesville. Remember that when they were tearing down the statues? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they, the Confederate statues, they were tearing them down. And, uh, you know, because obviously, you know, the Confederacy, pro-slavery, that whole thing. Uh, but there, there was a thing, an excerpt there where I heard Trump, who, you know, we all have feelings about Trump. Okay. But, but in this particular instance, he was saying, and it was, he made it very clear that there are good people on both sides and bad people on both sides of whether or not you want to tear down those statues. And one of the arguments to not tear them down is that they represent a cultural history. Uh, and there's a high end to every mandala. There's the low end, which was slavery. And there's the high end, which is, I don't know. Uh, I guess you have to live in the South a little bit. Um, because there's a underlying fiber there. There's an integrity there. I talked about, you know, the people I've had the good fortune to know who have lived in these mountains for generations. And there's certainly high end and low end of the mandala, but I've had the opportunity to really get to know some of the high end of the mandala there. And they're just wonderful, kind, reflective, you know, wise people. And they, uh, uh, and so to them, that whole history, uh, that whole history represents that higher end of the mandala. And at any rate, Trump made that clear that he wasn't saying the pro-slavery thing. No, 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 no. But he was saying that some of these people honor those statues as part of cultural integrity. And it's also interesting, you know, in Venezuela, in uh, Russia, uh, every time there's an overthrow of a government, what they do is they try to decompose the uh, culture, break down the culture. Uh, and so there could be some subversives who were behind that that weren't really just into anti-slavery, which I mean, obviously, I can't imagine anybody's not anti-slavery, but, but uh, uh, it had more to do then with a, a different motivation that's unspoken and unrevealed, which is to just tear apart our cultural heritage, you know. Anyway, uh, uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, Michael? Yeah. One thing, you know, you were talking about, you have to have been to the South and to been to some of their, just to, to feel the dynamic of, of all that going on. And what was, yeah. you know, I, I grew up in New Mexico, didn't really have any idea about like race or anything. It was just, it was pretty like vanilla across the board, like no real, like you go to the South, you feel, you know, somewhat that there's categories of people there's no like categories of people in new mexico they come from all over it seems like and it becomes right. kind of like a uh amalgam yeah right and then but i'll tell you one thing a is, whitewashing you know, yeah because you know when in business when i early on we saw thousands and thousands of couples coming through and people would talk about going to like chicago and how they would leave the south and they would go to chicago to kind of escape um the you know what was happening in the south you know 
like from a um, stereotype. Well, no, wait, are you talking about leaving New Mexico or leaving no, no, the no, South? No, 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 like the South. The people see, that were see, from the South would talk about that. They'd go, they go, Their family long time ago left and they went to Chicago. But I went to Chicago for the first time. And what was interesting is that was a place that they were escaping the South, you know, and the persecutions back in the 60s and all that, when, or the 50s. Oh, or oh the, yeah. Oh, you know, right, 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 yeah. But when I got to Chicago, I had never been in a more segregated place in my life. I mean, I was like the the people that were from Poland, they all lived were together. The Italians lived together. All the blacks lived together. Everybody was like segregated, like hmm. in their own, you know, area. That is interesting. And it gets yeah. into what, what, what I've talked about before about uh, racism versus cultural integrity. And racism is cultural integrity gone insane. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, that movie, The Godfather, when they the uh, they depict sort of some of the, uh, like the Italian wedding in the beginning. Yeah. And there's just a beauty to it, you know, and it's unique. There are aspects of it that are unique to the Italian culture. It's a feeling, you know. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's cultural integrity. But if cultural integrity goes insane, when it goes insane, then it becomes hatred of other groups. And then that becomes a, a, a bad thing. But, yeah, I mean, let them have their traditions, their foods. Their, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and whatever group, the blacks, the Jews, the uh yes. italians on and on you know and to, to try to destroy that actually is destroying a major component of the fiber of a nation you know and and uh and see that fits so well into what we're talking about here today about you know stop telling me what you think i think you know oh you are you know from this group and therefore you think that well no that might be the low end of the mandala but you don't identify with the low end of the mandala. You identify with the high end of the mandala. And there's so much greatness to be offered there. You know, and to me as a little kid, I didn't know any better. But I saw Uncle Remus and the way he spoke. And he was so kind and wonderful. I loved Uncle Remus, you know. He was a high end of the mandala, you know. Now, granted, there was a whole stereotype of slavery and all that. And that's terrible. But, but concurrently, you know, can't we see... A little deeper, you know. You know, there's a, uh, a principle that uh, the principle of non-attachment, you know, and that you know, in a, in the deepest sense of the word, that's uh, you know Vedanta, and it's a very profound thing. Oh, I'm unattached. A lot of people take a pretty superficial perspective on what that means, and there's validity to that. But but nevertheless, they get carried away with it and they think non-attachment means, oh, I don't, you know, care what flavor of ice cream I have or I don't need any material possessions or anything. And uh, but there's such a, a deeper reality. You know, the one one of the people in Vedic literature that's quite well known, King uh, Janak, I believe it was. He was, he was a king. He had a palace. He had the whole thing, armies, the whole schmear, and he ran it all, you know. Uh, but he was a uh, liver 
he lived non-attachment because it's a state of physiology it's, and it's a state of awareness. And you see, that's why things get so complicated because when we really get into it, um, everything is a paradox. How can he be non-attached when he's so identified with his kingdom, for example? You know, how can you be so passionate about a perspective and be unattached? Well, that's the paradoxical nature of existence. Uh, but it gets, it requires an integration of the depth of the surface. And all too often, the world today, the way it's functioning, uh, we look at the surface, you know, oh, you're a part of this group and therefore you think that way. Uh, or even just in interpersonal relationships, you know, Adrian, I think we were talking about this a while ago. You know, somebody thinks they know what you're thinking or they think they know how you feel or, or you said da, da, da. Now that's a problem too, because, you know, it's very difficult to really clearly articulate exactly what it is you mean. I mean, we probably failed at it already in this podcast and didn't do it perfectly. And so then what happens is it opens the door for projection and pigeonholing. And you said this, and therefore you think that. And we each hear what the other person's saying through our own conditioning. Projection, you know, we're right. wearing our whatever, rose-colored glasses, whatever you want to call them. And you can't see, you know, no matter what somebody else is saying um, or the way they're acting, you're, see you're seeing that through those rose-colored glasses. You can't see anything else. And so um, it's easy for people to pigeonhole each other and, and to that's why I, that's why project do, their, yeah. their feelings on whatever it is another person is saying or thinking or doing. That's why this whole concept of giving space. I mean, let's give each other a little space. And if you get in a conflict with somebody and, oh, you said that, and they said, well, no, 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 that's not what I said. Maybe they should say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Or, oh, that's what you heard. It's not what I thought I said. Give it space. We judge people so harshly and it creates such conflict, you know, and that now is really, Adrian, you were even saying, um, I can't remember if it was when we were on the air or before we got on the air, but you were saying that it's so upright now. Why is it upright now in particular? And it is uh, because we're in the phase transition. You know, I've talked about that, right? When something goes from a transition, for example, water to ice, there's a moment of great turbulence. We're in that turbulence now. And you can hear that. And maybe you can even say, okay, I get that. I believe that's true. But in your day-to-day -day life, I see a lot of people. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, oh, man, you know, I'm having such a hard time. Or, oh, my friend or companion or whatever is having such a horrible time. And I say, I, I, I understand. And there's truth to everything they're saying. I can understand what they're saying. But just remind them to keep in mind, this is a phase transition. A lot of people are going through a lot of stuff personally, and also just watch the news and you'll see it. And by the way, when it comes to watching the news, because the pigeonholings on both sides and the biases on all sides are so charged right now, and because it's such a pivotal time in our history as a nation and as a world, 
I would encourage you, this is not a time to bury your head in the sand. I know some people say, well, I don't pay any attention to the news. I'm not into it. I don't want to know. They're all crazy. Sometimes they say stuff like that. Now is not the time to take that position, in my opinion. I would encourage you to watch the news. You don't have to watch it a lot. You can get a good idea of what's going on in just a few minutes here and there, but not just one channel. Watch the extreme left. Watch the extreme right. I mean, not the extreme crazy, but, you know, what you get on that normal cable and news stations, you know, uh, uh, and just get a feel for what's going on. Because why do you decide what you decide? Why do you feel the way you feel? It's so much a function of, you know, who you're close with, who has caught your attention, who you identify with, who your friends are. There might be a friend that you have and you respect them as a friend and therefore their perspective becomes your perspective. And that's not looking deeper, you know, uh, unbiased, independent, reflective. Uh, don't get your information from a website, one or the other. Don't get your information from a, uh, 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 gossip from rumors and, that, and that's an amazing thing I've seen people who when they want to get to the truth you know where they go they go to the gossip they call their friends or oh, what do you think or what did you hear and that's what they hang their hat on and that's what they believe in that's what they come at become adamant about and identified with it is no way to live your life you have to become free of the surface. You still interface with the surface. And it's, and it, but, but there's a place of inner wisdom that we can access. The only true knowing is knowing that you know nothing. And we're talking about that place and it sounds again paradoxical, but it's coming from that place of not knowing. But nevertheless, that's integrated with a place of conviction. But when it's integrated with it, then the conviction isn't based on programming, bias, uh, identity with a little click of people, what you hear through the rumor mill, anything like that. You look, you look beyond it. And what we're talking about here is just simple innocence, not naivete, but innocence. What does innocence really mean? Innocence means that place within that is beyond limitation, that place within that is beyond indoctrination, beyond conditioning, that place within that is the underlying basis of all existence, that divinity within. It doesn't mean it's all love and light and fluffy, but it's a place where that is not lost to some surface value, some surface conditioning. Uh, there's that little short story the emperor has no clothes what is it it's some little kid why because children exude innocence hmm? they've become in a lot of ways they're symbols of innocence and it's a little child that looks and says the emperor has no clothes you know and uh uh then everybody kind of wakes up oh yeah he has no clothes you know 
find that place with, of innocence, not naivety, but innocence within yourself. You know, there's a two brains, and there's stuff in ancient literature about how the, the one brain is in our head. We know about that when the other brain is in our gut, in our stomach. And how in ancient, I mean, we're going way back here, but there's a time when the, the gut and the brain were more fully integrated and the gut was even more lively and, and more grounded, more rooted in our divinity than it might be now. Um, and so that gut feeling, but we get so convinced on the surface by, by virtue of our friends and what we've been indoctrinated into, what we've been told. And we start to get to the point where we feel that if we don't feel a certain way, we're bad. We feel guilty if we don't go along with the crowd. And so we override our gut feeling. And then we even get to the point where we think our gut feeling is based on some indoctrination. That's just really, it's just a cover up. We're covering up that deeper gut feeling, that deeper inner knowing. I heard somebody using expressions, kind of not good, but he said, he said, a lot of people, they just have sponges for brains. What does that mean? It means that whatever group they're around, whatever influence they get, they just soak it up like a sponge, and that's what they think, and that's what they believe. We're in a phase transition. That is going to stop. We are going to get to the point where we see beyond that and where we come from our place of inner wisdom, which is innocence, the place of true innocence. Uh, a lot of people want to know, and I, I do my best to sidestep that because it's not what it's about. You know, well, what do you think, Michael? Are you, do you agree with, you know, I don't, the border thing, or do you agree with so many controversial subjects? That is not what I want to get into. What I want to get into is helping you find a place where your decisions about anything and everything, all of those things, is from something deeper, not from what you've been indoctrinated into believing is right or what's true or what you're supposed to think or what you're supposed to feel. And that's no easy thing to do. It's not easy thing to do. What your knee-jerk reaction is to something or what you uh, have decided you believe is not necessarily what you believe. There's this expression in psychotherapy, oh, what's your truth? And they'll even have... In group sessions, I have somebody stand up and claim their truth. Oh, this is my truth. More often than not, that's not your truth. That's your stuff. Those are your issues. Those are your indoctrinations. And to get up and claim it just reinforces it. It's a highly elusive um, path, the spiritual path, path of discernment. We're talking about discernment here. Cultivation of discernment, it's not so easy to do. Climb higher, reach further. That's the true final frontier. And it's not a set of beliefs. It's not a set of rules. People want, give me the right thing to believe in and I will. Give me the right thing to dedicate my life to and I will. It goes deeper than that. It's the true final frontier. It's for those who choose to look deeper than their current level of understanding. And, that, and see, then we get into this thing where we become, get so vested, they don't even want to change. 
because to change, they would have to admit that they're wrong. And to so many people, that is just horrifying, you know? Anything else, you guys? I think that makes the point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we were earlier, we were talking about stereotypes. And I think, um, you know, people are getting hung up on the stereotypes, which is what's on the surface. And those stereotypes are the negative end of the mandra, the mandala. They're the worst aspects of, well, worst aspects, worst perceived aspects of any group or culture or belief. It's a really good um, And so what everybody is, hyper focused on is those negative aspects of any particular belief or or you know whatever and so um you know people get quagmired in that i think when i was a little kid i was in elementary school i still remember this i got you know the typical eight and a half by 11 line paper that you know blue lines that kids use yeah. for school right yeah uh I got some of those and I cut them into pieces about that big. And on one side, I stapled them together. So I made a little book and I wrote on the front words of wisdom. And each page was a different thing. And one of the things I wrote in there, I remember, I wish I had that book. I don't know what happened to it. But uh, uh, one of the things I wrote in there was uh, great people are where you find them. And that speaks to what you're saying, Adrian, whatever mm -hmm. group you're in, you know, you can find a great person there. I don't care what subgroup it is, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. in there, you know? Yeah. 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 Great people are where you find them, you know? It's, it's not about a PhD. It's not about they have a degree. I'm, I'm tempted to get off on the tangent about the uh, COVID and MDs and all that. I will avoid that for now. All right. I yeah. think that's it for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you again next week.